Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Go forth into the world in peace. Have courage, hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering. For our 20th wedding anniversary in August of 2011, two years ago, my wife Laura and I traveled to Door County, Wisconsin, and spent a couple of days on Lake Michigan canoeing and bike riding and hiking. It was a lovely trip. But on our way home, driving through Milwaukee back to Iowa, my cell phone rang, and it's one of those phone calls that you don't want to get. Al, a leading member of the church I was serving at the time, a pillar of the church with his wife and his daughter and her family. Uh, Al had been the chair of the pastoronomy committee that interviewed me, a deeply spiritual, spiritual person. In his words to me, David, something dreadful has happened. And he went on to say how his first grandson, Charlie, then nine months old, who I had baptized that previous December, had gone down for a nap that day at the sitters and never woke up. It was absolutely horrible. Charlie's mom, Elizabeth, who had grown up in that church and was an elder serving on the session at the time, the whole family was distraught and the whole church community was understandably incredibly sad and in pain. The funeral was that Saturday, the church was packed, and the events of the day were only complicated by the fact that the headlines in the local newspaper announced that the sitter who was watching Charlie that day was being charged by the local district attorney. So not only was there the grief and the pain of the loss, not only was there the questions of why and how could this have happened, but there was also that public vulnerability the family felt. Was the caregiver at fault? Was there something that he could have done differently or something that we could have done differently? So when I think about suffering, I think about situations like that. And though there are some similarities between each one of these statements in our charge, I tend to think that suffering is different than being faint of heart or being weak. Remember when we talked about the faint-hearted, we we talked about those people who are in despair, the literally meaning they're shrouded in darkness, wrapped in darkness like in the belly of a whale. And it is our responsibility as fellow Christians to come alongside and offer them the ministry of encouragement, to offer them hope. And when we talk about the weak, we talk about those people who are dangling. Uh, They cannot support themselves and Therefore, we are called to support them with our own efforts. So what is suffering? 
Now, the original versions of the charge that came out in 1928 actually used the word afflicted. Help the afflicted. And the afflicted are those who are in misery, the distress, those who are deeply troubled. The word afflicted comes from a Latin word that means to strike. So you can say that a person has been afflicted with or stricken with a disease or that someone has been knocked down by grief or loss. So has anyone here ever been confronted with a situation that you didn't like, that you couldn't change, that you couldn't control, and you couldn't fix? Anybody willing to show your hand on that? Most of us have been in that situation showing that suffering is really a condition common to almost every human. In the situation of young Charlie's death, his grandfather Al described it this way. He said that it's, it's as if a huge chasm has opened up and there is nothing that we can do about it. Once he said there was a future full of possibilities, once there was a future of anticipation, now that was all gone, yanked out in front of us, and there was just a black hole that had taken its place. That is suffering. So if that is what suffering is, then how can we help those who suffer? I think in many ways it's challenging for us to know how to truly help the suffering. Many reasons for us to have this difficulty because we don't know what to say. We're afraid that we might talk too much and listen too little. We feel uncomfortable around other people's pain. We might suffer ourselves from a fix-it mentality. We may want the person just to kind of get over their suffering because we ourselves are so uncomfortable with it ourselves. We are afraid that we might say the wrong thing. We tend to avoid those who suffer. And we are challenged because we might fall back on what we call cliches or platitudes or pat phrases. And most often when we encounter suffering, we just simply feel helpless. And we just don't like to feel helpless. In the case of Charlie's death, the congregation was loving and very helpful. I encouraged them, and they agreed to try to avoid using platitudes or cliches. And I think of a platitude as something that sounds biblical and something that may be grounded in some, some truth of theology, but with that we use it in such a way to try to explain things that really cannot be explained. And I'm going to list off some things that I would call platitudes. And what I think each one of these platitudes has in common is that they are really substitutes for genuine expressions of care. So in the congregation, we try to avoid phrases such as this. This was God's will. God must have wanted another angel in heaven. 
God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Everything happens for a reason. I know how you feel. We tried to avoid any sentence that started with the phrase, at least, or you should, or you shouldn't. And by avoiding these platitudes, we followed the first commandment to help the suffering, which is, if you don't know what to say, then it's best not to say anything at all. In order for us to truly offer help to those around us who suffer, we have to first vow to do no harm. Remember how Al described his suffering. It's like that huge chasm or black hole that had opened up. And it's important to remember because there is nothing that we can say or nothing that we can really do to make that hole or that chasm go away. There's no magic word. There's no easy fix. And that's why these platitudes or cliches are so problematic because they assume that we have the power with little phrases to fill up this huge gap that is there. We're trying to fix with words what cannot be fixed with words. Platitudes assume that we have the power to fix or to explain, and by definition, suffering is something that we cannot fix. We cannot explain. It just is. The next morning after her baby child died, the mother Elizabeth met me on her driveway, obviously distraught. Why did this happen? Why? And the only thing I said was, I do not know. And I am so sorry. And that opened up an opportunity for us to proceed. And I think those who suffer need permission to ask why. But those of us who are asked that question also need permission to not have to try to answer it. People will not remember what you say as long, unless you say something stupid or not helpful. They'll remember that. And that's when you get into trying to pull the box from both sides because you're not going in the same direction. But they will remember that you were with them. The New Testament Greek word for comfort means to call alongside. Jesus said that I will give you an advocate, the Holy Spirit, who is with us forever. And our roles is to be like a visible representation of that advocate, of the Holy Spirit, to come alongside, to stand next to those who suffer, because they're the ones standing on the precipice of loss and grief and pain, and our call is to simply to be with them. When Charlie died, this is what I wrote, and I used it in sermons and printed in the church newsletter and tried to remind people that you don't have to say anything, but you certainly can help just with your presence. There are no words, but I do care. I know that I've given you quite a striking portrayal of suffering today, and I'm 
But I've tried to do that in such a way so that to equip you, so that you, each and every one of you, may have some tools in your toolbox that you can use and call upon as you stand alongside those in your life who suffer. Each and every one of us are equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, each and every one of us, can carry out the ministry of pastoral care. Remember, there are many ways to help the suffering. The story that we read from the Old Testament for today, David just played music for King Saul, and that soothed his soul. Sometimes humor can be a gift to those who suffer, as long as we're careful not to be dismissive or to trivialize their pain. Suffering is very complex. There are no easy answers. We all know those who perhaps are afflicted with certain addictions. We have to know how to help those who have addictions while realizing that that they have to do the difficult work themselves. We can't fix it for them. They have to do it when or even if they ever get ready. Those who have gone through Alcoholics Anonymous have told the story often that those who are trying to help a, a beautiful new butterfly to be born, to come out of its cocoon, if, if there is too much help, if there's help from the outside, then the process shuts down and you can actually hurt So there are no easy answers, and to help the suffering is quite difficult. But we do know this, that when we are suffering, it is a wonderful gift to be part of a community. And what holds us together as a congregation is not that we have all the answers. It's not that we all know to do the right thing and to say the right thing. What holds us and sustains us as a community is the Spirit of Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are given the power to live out Scripture's call to bear one another's burdens. We can't make the burdens go away, but we can help pull the box along. Someone in the Bible didn't make Jesus get away from the cross, but he said, you know what, if you're going to go through this, I'll help you. Let me carry some of that cross for you. So perhaps the best way to help the suffering is just to simply pray. Just always pray for each other. Pray for the suffering who stand on the edge of a dark hole and let them know that they are not alone. And pray for yourself that you might be equipped with some way to let that person know that you care in a genuine way. And for you who are suffering this day, may you know that you can take your sufferings and place them at the foot of the cross and that you can hear the words of Jesus inviting you to come forward. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, And I will give you rest. And for that, we can say thank you. Amen.